Ladies and gentlemen around the world, look who we have here, third time. Barry, it is a pleasure and honour to be chatting with you again, mate. How have you been? I've been great, mate. It's lovely to be back. Lovely to see you. And, um, yeah, any time we, uh, we can get these put together, we do so, don't we? So, yeah, it's great. I'm just glad there's another game that we can talk about. That means it's doing well. Every time I see you, there's different facial hair, there's no facial hair, there's a different look, there's tattoos. Yeah, well, this I time thought, clean. Yeah, I'd mix it up. I thought I'd come cosplay <laughs> as, uh, as Lieutenant John Price. from. Um, I've just got to go off and um, rescue Farah from uh, from General Barkov's uh, lab in about an hour. <laughs> so um, I might have to shoot. Just got to put the hat on, the helicopter's in the field outside, so that'll be off. But yeah, oh. um, it, it's a job that requires the lower part of my face. I always have some kind of argument with the hair and makeup departments as to why I can keep a beard or at least stubble. Um, but this job is like a bit of a period thing, and it's like you, it's not happening. So I lost the argument. Luckily, did. How was your year last year? Wonderful. Um, very busy, um, creatively very fulfilling and very fulfilling from a family perspective as well. So we got a lot of nice, nice few vacations in. Um, oh, where to? Can you reveal? Uh, we did uh, we were in Florida for a while. Um, spent a fair bit of time in Los Angeles again, and kind of we were lucky. We were back and forward and uh, yeah. Paris, a little bit of Paris. Um, so yeah, it was nice. It was nice. What are you like on a holiday? Are you relax or are you, we've got to do things with the kids every day kind of thing? We'll, 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 do, we'll do a bunch of stuff. You know, we, we, tend to, we tend to always factor like a Disney experience in there for them at some point. So, so a, lot of, a lot of the things, we build it around there. Um, so they've got yeah. something to do. Yeah, we love it as a family. So you know, you'll see on my posts, I'm all, we're always there. All my wife's, <laughs> you know, we're always, we're always milling about the Disney parks. Um, yeah. You're a Disneyland so, so, or Disney World? All of them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wow. I, I feel like we started, we can't finish, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> it doesn't get any cheaper year on year, let me put it that way. Are they like repeating the same Disney movies? Because I know I drove my parents crazy with Toy Story, just on repeat. I'm sure your kids well, we just, do the same. We've actually just watched all, we're going through all the Toy Story because my wife swears she's never seen them, even though they're on, but she says she's always she's always busy when we've watched them over the years. So she's actually sitting down to actually watch them. I think I've watched them like 15 times. So we've just watched one and two, we're halfway through three. And then we we, we actually we finished three and we reached the conclusion that they should have stopped there. You're going to watch four. That's it. No, we'll watch it, but I think they should have stopped there. Like <laughs> looking at the arc of the entire story, it's like it's just so perfect at the end of that one, and it's like, oh. uh, did you shed a tear? Because I did at that ending, honestly. Yeah, totally. You know, as I get older, everything gets me. You know, it's, it's a it's a wonderful experience of of aging. To be honest, it just hits me, and I don't I don't give a shit. So, um, if it hits me, it hits me. Which is fun. yeah, you've always yeah, been. You've always been kind of open with your emotions, which I love. Is that something after you got sober, before, or after you got kids? When did that? I was, work, I was working towards it. I mean, you know, to succeed in in what what I do for a living, you need to be quite emotionally intelligent. Anyway, mm-hmm. I mean, you need to kind of be aware of it. Um, that's not to say that you start off that way, but you you kind of want to get you, you kind of want to start with understanding yourself. And then when you understand yourself, you're then in a position that you can understand other human beings and kind of 
play different characters, right? So um, part of of doing that, and part of I think a responsibility to myself and my family is to is to keep bettering myself and to keep working myself out so that I can get rid of any past conditioning or neuroses that have kind of um, been part of my coping mechanism in my in my childhood and twenties and thirties and whatever. You know, you don't want to turn around at sixty and realize you're still using this, doing the same shit you were on your twenty. I mean, that's terrifying. So you know, you you eventually you at some point you got to go. Okay, what's the bits I like and what bits need to be fixed or worked on? And that's kind of what I've been been doing in, in this journey, and I, I'm really enjoying it. Um, some bits are difficult, and that comes with sobriety as well. You know, like bits like some so it's like emotions that will come through, or, or things that will trigger certain emotions within you. In the past, maybe you'd you know have a drink to kind of finally want to go there. Now it's just it's there, and you're gonna you're gonna sit in it, and you know it sounds sounds very very woo woo, but it, but it makes sense to me that like it's just like emotion is just like just like the clouds in the sky, man. It's just like weather. So when I feel something, I'm like, you know, yes, this is shit right now, but I'm gonna you know I'm gonna give it an hour, and I'm gonna see where I am an hour, and I'll take it from there, you know. It's like when I used to drink, I'd, I'd, I'd work, I'd understand when I used to work out. That first hour when you wake up with the hangover, that's the worst that the hangover is ever going to be. So, like, every hour from then is, is going to be golden. So it's like, <laughs> just know that it's getting better. It's kind of like that. Just just let it happen and see where you go. So you didn't, you, you don't fall back on anything else now? Like, you don't have any other vices? No vices as such. I mean, I go on my phone too much. So that was something that I've actually um, got. Uh, I don't know if I say the brand because they're, they're not giving it me for free, are they? Um, but it's it's a, it's, a new, it's a new it's a new company. And um, oh fuck it, no, they're good. They're doing a good job. It's called the Light Phone. Oh okay. Um, you like it? It's basically it basically just texts and makes phone calls. It's touchscreen stuff. Also, no um, apps. Does, no apps. Oh. No, no pictures. No email. No nothing. So, um, me and my wife both got that phone we're giving it a try to see um if we can limit I mean, i've still got to have my other phone for business and stuff like that and for for socials but if i can limit the amount of time that i'm on that one by taking out the the light phone with me for, for work and business and when i'm on set and things like that the downtime then i can dramatically decrease that uh hold that 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 has on me you know because yeah. it, it, it just steals too much time it, it's a brilliant algorithm and a brilliant design on the phone it's doing its job amazingly well and hats yeah. off to the motherfucker who invented <laughs> it. um yeah so something hey, like it's that, keeping me know. afloat barry on youtube the algorithm i don't see it as a true villain um as with anything anything in moderation is key yeah and so it's just about it's just about doing a little bit less for me as i'm uh as I'm changing things up, but on the most part, I try and I try and keep ahead of myself. Um, I, I meditate and um, do yoga every day. Um, For how long? It's important. I like this morning. I got up at what five? I was done by seven, so it's two hours. That's a much. chunk of time. That's a decent chunk yeah, of time. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and get up and get it done before the kids get off of school, and then we're then we're in with a fighting chance of of getting other stuff done. So. Yeah, it's important to me. It, it, it's like, it's just a mental health check, really. 
Mm. You know, I can feel my energy deplete if I'm if I'm not taking care of myself that way. Because I, you know, that's why like performing is quite cathartic through your characters and stuff. So when there's a little bit of downtime, you can feel that creep through. You know, without the release, so you've always got to make sure that you're doing stuff for yourself. Uh, but are you thinking about work when you're doing that, or are you trying to not think about that stuff? Um, that was the biggest. That's the biggest uh, issue with it. When you say to people to meditate, I think people panic that they they can't shut off. But but really, you know, your brain's going to shut off when you're dead. You know what I mean? Like it it, it it's going to speak. What what it's for is to notice the the repetitive thought patterns and how much you say the same shit so it's like it's getting it's getting behind and observing yourself so again it's about learning yourself yeah and thinking that's negative self-talk i'm saying that thing again i'm thinking about that again and kind of seeing it like an annoying buddy who like is just like you're trying to sit for 10 minutes and it's going you've got to call that company about that bill or you know we've got to edit that video that we haven't done you're like dude i'm taking 10 minutes fuck off you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like the devil on you. Right now. Yeah. right now, we're just sitting here. We both decided we we're going to sit here, you know, and then so you just kind of learn. It's like self It's just a form of self-control, really. It's like, can I change the way my, my thoughts are going? And it, I find it really helpful. So have you, got, one, really. have you got the whole, like, New Year's resolution thing? Have you got, like, goals for this year? Do you write them down? Do you have vague goals? Yeah. How do you look at it? It's important to, and this was this was actually something that I, I got, I get from my wife and, and spiritual practice, but I also got from um, when I was working with the Navy SEALs, to be honest. Um, visualization is key. So you need to see the year that you want. You need to see those things in your, in your third eye. You need to kind of visualize what it is that you want to achieve in this year. Um, and then you need to give thanks for it. Like, it's already happened. Like, I'm so grateful that that, that wow. is in my life now. Yeah. And then just and then just fucking leave it. You know what I mean? And then it, 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 I, I've seen it happen. I've seen things that I've put out there come to fruition. So I know it works, but it's it's difficult for some people to to get that because if if your narrative in your head is life is hard and achieving things is hard and money is hard to come by, then guess what? <laughs> exactly. It's going to be your reality. And so how you speak about yourself and how you speak about what your life is, is incredibly important. So if somebody asks you how you're doing, yeah, I'm great. And, you know, trying to get, you know, speak yeah. into existence, um, and that's not again. It's very difficult to 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 clarify if someone is in, is 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 a, is suffering from depression or is or is low or is down. I'm not suggesting that they should pretend it isn't happening. And say, "Oh, I'm great. I'm fine." Yeah, yeah. But you need to you need to in those in those moments of of of, of pain and, and and low energy, you need to think of the things that you are in fact grateful for and try and focus on those. Um, and go from there. Well, then it's quite deep for our conversations. I'm enjoying this, then. I'm loving this, mate. Got, I, I yeah, could do this for <laughs> <laughs> I could do this for hours with this beautiful backdrop you've got here, and I just we just need a campfire. Yeah, we have. We usually have one in the uh, in the garden there somewhere. We put a little 
little fire out. Do you do you listen to podcasts or like on this sort of um, mental health sort of stuff? Well, my you know my wife does that. You know she's she's a she's a coach, a spiritual teacher, um, a Reiki master, an author. So I've been very fortunate to be around her, and you know there's books lying around the place, and there's information kind of scattered there to pick up. And um, and you know once you once you open your your eyes up to to an awakening of such like that, then things start to just come into your reality. To be honest, and you just synchronicities start to happen you start to you know someone will say have you read this book and you're like fuck i was about to read that like have you heard have you heard alan watts mm. or, you know, all of a sudden like, we're having a conversation and you it's like um and then when you have kids right you realize that there's all these parks and shit all these areas that people were going to this whole time that you were just <laughs> didn't know they even existed yeah like, that's so wow, true that's yeah and and it's the same with with a spiritual journey like this. It's like all of a sudden, like you're on a different floor, and these these people who you, you weren't seeing kind of you're on the vibration of them, and they're like, "Hey, you read that as well? You you understand this?" And then you start having the conversation with people like that. So, it, yeah, it all opens up for you. But I but I, I've been I've got a thirst for knowledge on it really. So I'm just kind of um, reading all I can, uh, watching all I can, and then making sense of it through my own mind you know on a very on a very 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 deep level um i believe that we are all from the same point of existence mm. as well mm. so really all you're doing is you're not acquiring new knowledge you're just remembering knowledge that you've already got so you're just kind of re-remembering what it is we so you you don't you wouldn't like the word religion um i don't belong to any particular religious faith as yeah. such like i don't practice and I, I don't i'm not a i don't go to catholic church or Protestant church or um at the moment um i would consider myself more more aligned with like the sikh faith or the hindu faith or somewhere around there but or, or buddhism zen buddhism but i'm but i'm not um I'm not a big fan of anything that gets overly organized because then you've got to start making money and then and it gets yeah, a bit clouded, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. But I think whatever gives anybody inner peace is so important. Yeah, if if faith brings you that, then great. And if 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 it doesn't, and you need to find it somewhere else, then whichever way you find it is the way. How how did your wife get into this journey of hers? And because she's now made it a business, right? For one, and also, how much have you learned from her on this? I, I've I've learned personally tons. I mean, Kate's been Kate's been on this journey for coming up coming up fifteen sixteen years now. Um, so after you met her, she was she was always she was always uh, open to that. She's always had a gift for things. Mm. Um, which she expands upon. It's not my place to say, but she expands upon in a in a book, um, Celestial Goddess Rising. It's out there now. It's available in audio book and it's on Amazon. Amazon, yeah. All places you can get audio books and books from. You'll find. This. I'll leave a link in the description. Yeah, great. And she t- she talks about those those <clears throat> gifts and things like that that that, that I've witnessed and been, and been you know privy to. 
Um, so she's been out a long time, and, and and you can't help but be around someone doing this kind of work, and it not um, rub off on you, and yeah. be quite to um, to dismiss. But it's it, it's it's interesting because you know I I came at it. I started with breath work with Wim Hof, kind of that kind of. You know, there was something physical about it, kind of like a masculine energy to it, a bit more like I came at it, like, okay, I can do this. So it's always breath. And, so I can I can get into it this way. And then from there, you kind of... Open down. Out. Yeah. A good entry for me. That and, a, and, a, and a, a, a book by Dr. Joe Dispenza about rewiring your brain patterns. So you reinvent the way you're, you you think. You, if you want a new experience in life, you can't keep doing the same things. If you want to change, your lifestyle has to change. You have to make fundamental changes in who you identify as being in order to have a new experience. Mm. If you do the same shit, the same shit happens. It's, it's yeah. really simple, to be honest. I know you have been teasing some music, right? The Smiling Jackals. That's oh, the yeah. band from 20... How long? When, when was this... Created years well, ago. I mean, I, I started. I started um, as a playing playing in a band as a musician with with my friend Rob um, in probably nineteen ninety five. So you were a young lad, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were young, and, and we used to go and play the pubs and clubs, and you know, we were in a band for years and years, and, and we went to music college. Um, where we met Nick, who's the who's the drummer for the band, and uh, and and that's what we were doing. You know, we were kind of we were gigging and touring and and playing, and up until the band then split up in about two thousand and two, because I was I I started to book some acting jobs, and uh, Nick Nick joined another band. They they got a record deal, and he was off. And, so uh, you stayed friends, obviously. Yeah, we've always been in contact. I mean, you know. All the way through the years, you know, different continents all the time. And Nick was touring the world and stuff like that. So it was sometimes we'd, we'd catch each other. If he was in the States, I'd catch him there and stuff like that. Um, and then recently we just, we decided to start um, hanging out again and, and playing some music. And, and, and it was, it was amazing. We really enjoyed it. And and it's, it's nice. It's, it's just for us at the moment. We're just getting the joy out of it, playing the old songs, writing some new ones and, yeah, and we're you know we're in the studio recording some stuff, and it'll be uh, it'll be out and about where you get all your music from uh, at some point and soon. I'm, I'm I'm not privy to say what date that is. But, <laughs> yeah, you know me, I'll be promoting the shit out of it when it is. So um, keep peel. But you can follow if you put a link to the 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 Insta and Twitter yeah, well, profiles. On yeah, people can check that out as well. So I'm guessing There's little music, but not much. I'm guessing. With the with the jumper you're wearing, the Beatles are a, are a inspiration, right? Yeah, big time, big time. I mean, I've got. I've actually um, speaking of that, I've actually written a play, which is going to be written on, a play. Um, Congratulations! Yeah, thank you. It's going to be on at the Watford Palace Theatre um, later this year. Um, we're really excited about it. It is um, set in 1976. It's the last meeting between John Lennon and Paul McCartney. In person, wow! Um, it's great idea. Movie. Yeah, it's based on a movie that was out in '99 called Tubers, and uh, we've adapted the screenplay. And um, 
turned into a play for the stage. So we're, we're really excited. Uh, my friend Richard Short and I are, are going to star as John and Paul. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fun. I'll be clean shaven like this again. A bit of a nosy. What other involvement do you have? Just starring and writing. No other. Is there producing I'm or writing, what? Writing and producing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah producing as well. So it's 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 exciting. It's um, again, you know, once we get a bit finalised in artwork and stuff, we'll we'll start getting that out into the general public. But yeah, it's um, something to look forward to. But yeah, the Beatles are huge. You know, I used to the band I was in. We used to play the Cabin, so you kind of have those links, and you know, you, you just can't grow up in Liverpool and not be inspiring that young lads from where you grew up became the biggest thing on the planet. I mean, it just gives you, yeah, you know, we're all in a, in a, in a you know, a working class blue collar uh, city that I grew up in. Um, sometimes the arts is one of the best options, you know, and certainly was for me. I don't know if I've asked you this before, but was music the first plan before acting or was acting always the plan? Um, I was always a show off, Dan. Uh, I was always, <laughs> you know, looking back now, I mean, you know, when I was in music college, I remember our head of head of the school was like, you know, there might be a few more talented musicians, but there is no one who was going to make a career on the stage other than you out of this. Like, he said, that I am sure. Jeez, that's, you know, that's so, really cool to hear. Yeah. Yeah. I was like smashing my guitars up and kicking amps over and, you know, I was very, very Nirvana influenced at that stage. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was, I was always a performer. I was always yeah. wanting to be noticed or, or loved or watched or whatever it is that this weird job that I do. <laughs> and, whatever that is. and so that kind of, um, yeah, it, it was always on the cards, but I, but I was, I was definitely wanting to be a musician. I mean, you know, growing up, being like 15, 16 in the mid nineties, like Oasis and Britpop and the height of all that. So it was, it was a definite viable option. I mean, I know I look too young to be saying this, but yeah, it was, <laughs> you look younger than me in this interview, I reckon. Because <laughs> <laughs> we don't get any sun on the bottom half of our faces, so when we actually shave, it's like this hasn't. <laughs> About 2005. I, I shaved this off once for an interview and they said all the comments were, don't ever do that again, please. It's horrifying. <laughs> you know what? We're going to find out what the response to this to this place is because not many <laughs> people see my lip. Um, but I'm going to love all versions of myself, this one included. <laughs> With the music, is it true you love uh, Five Finger Death Punch like myself? Yeah. Hey, hey, yeah, they're the top arm one. It's that oh, band, and it. it was great. It was great to have them in the in the game as well, wasn't it? Recently, yeah, they had a little oh. song. Yeah, in was that in the Nikolai scene? Is that what I'm thinking of? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they're great. But I've got a really eclectic musical taste. Um, I'm into everything. Um, you know, from from very early classical music right the way you know through you know Five Finger and um, Slipknot and you know. Everything in between, really. Katy uh, Perry, it's Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah, Taylor Swift yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's a brilliant uh, songwriter, brilliant pop writer. I mean, she, she's not she's not my go to. No, um, no. But, but, but I think some of her songs are great. Yeah, yeah. Really good. What are you listening to at the moment? Anything in particular? Uh, oh, I was doing a bit of prep for the play actually, so I've been listening to a lot of. Um, 50s 
rock and roll, Buddy Holly, Ooh, uh, yeah. the, the Big Bopper, stuff like that. And also, what was the thing I was listening to the other day? So it was like, um, yeah, listening to like um, My Son John by David Whitfield, which was John Lennon's mother's, one of her favourite songs. It's really emotive and um, very old-fashioned, you know what I mean? But, That's all right, um, yeah. Heartbreaking, really, when you hear it. So I, I kind of... I'm beginning to start. You can see uh, this is I got the John Lennon life. Oh, nice! Yeah, so you you still do, I was going to say you still do pog, uh, playlist for each character that you work yeah, on. Yeah, and I'm starting starting John's off now. Yeah, um, slowly. Yeah, uh, still got a couple of jobs on the go, so I'm flitting between playlists. <laughs> moments, yeah. Um, I'll be into. Back into Yossi Hughes, back into 1980s Liverpool very soon. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, music's incredibly important to me, and, and especially for character building. I start there, you know, your body's yeah. 75% water, so what you listen to, you become, right? You vibrate in that level. So if I need to get into a mood or feel a certain way, then blasting something into your ears is a, is a great way to trigger uh, an emotion or a feeling. Oh. Hundred percent, and I love that that Sam, who plays Ghost Samuel uh, Rukin, who plays Ghost in COD, he had he told me he listened to classical music for Ghost. I found that a really interesting choice. It makes sense, doesn't it? Because mm. um, he's he is very still and calm. You know, mm. I tend to the reason I have such violent music is because I, it was something I did with Joe Graves on Six, which I carried over into John on this. Is that Sometimes with price, there can be a, a calmness and a stillness and a control on the outside. But I want, I want it, it's important to know that his brain is full of the everything he's ever killed and everything he's ever done and the violence of that and the mm. struggle with that. So that's the noise inside and the calmness exterior. So I kind of try and play off that a little bit. Well, it's interesting. It's when, when we last chatted, you said you tried to rein him back in a little bit. And now with Modern Warfare 3, it seems like he's gone a bit off the deep end, would you say? Well, what would yeah. you say? How would you how would you put it? I just think I just think he, you know, he's a man of his word and and, and what Shepard had done to that to that to, to the team was unforgivable. It wasn't going to go unpunished. It was only a matter of time. Mm. It, it, and as soon as, as soon as what happened happened um, in the last game towards the end in the Channel Tunnel, that was it. It was going to happen because part of it's you know he blames himself obviously, and it's like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take care of what was in my what I can control, which is he doesn't breathe anymore. That's done, and then I'll take I'll clean up the rest of the mess as we go forward. Um, which I have no doubt he will do. But I can't imagine from what position he'll start because it's very difficult for him to function in the way he was functioning. Yeah, right. He would technically be uh, in, well, he's a criminal. That's what I mean. He, If, if we pick off from there now, you're going to have an interesting task to do because... Yeah. I think it's kind of reminiscent of, of Modern Warfare 3 and the originals a little bit where he kind of goes off 
of disavowed and taken. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's likely. It's likely. I mean, I, I, I'd be, I'd be brutally honest. I've not even had a beginning conversation with anyone. You know, we'd worked together so much on, on the two games back to back that everyone's just gone. Um, to our different stations around the globe, and um, no, I think it'll be many years till yeah till we see another one. But that that's yeah, good. It's sometimes good to have a break like that, you know. Yeah, again, see, I tweeted something the other day. Like <laughs> Graham, one of our producers, tweeted a picture of of me and Julian sat around in the coffee, which which was why we were filming Modern Warfare Three, and. Um, then in like an article picked up was like Barry Sloan posts picture of Modern Warfare 4. Oh like, god. Yeah. Fucking hell. Honestly, yeah, it's like, so annoying. I'm like, uh, should I just should I just go on and say this is bullshit? Or <laughs> do I just want the guy to get his clicks? Because I'm, <laughs> I'm about people succeeding, you know what I mean? I'm like, it doesn't hurt me. And it's going to help his channel, you know. It's going to help his pay all that, so, yeah. uh, you know, whatever, whatever you want to do, really. But uh, we see these things and we laugh. Like just so you know. <laughs> how um how did you find that scene with Neil and and when you found out about what happened there? Trying to avoid spoilers for who haven't played it, but it was uh, it was it's you know it happens it happens a lot, you know, to actors. Uh, on shows and, and movies and plays, and you know, there's yeah. a, there's a script. Things happen and it's uncomfortable, and, and it is it is crap because you know you become friends with people and then they lose they lose not lose their job. It sounds terrible, but they're not going to be coming to work with you on that particular thing again. Um, at least not on that timeline. Um, Correct. So yeah. Uh, so it was upsetting when we found out, and you know. But, but, you know, I remember saying to Neil straight away, like, you know, you're going to be a fucking legend, you know. It's part of the law. Like, it's it's as sad as it is, it's you're now a part of, you know. If people didn't give a shit, they wouldn't be picking your character. So it's actually a compliment. You know, you only yes. kill off people that people care about. You don't kill, you don't kill the characters that um, the people are, like, grey about. No, if there's not a little bit of outrage, then no one cares. Yeah. Exactly, and there was a lot yeah. of outrage, and and quite rightly so, you know. But in the words of the great Mick Jagger, you can't always get what you want. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So, what? How did you? How did you find that scene in with um after those events transpired? You, Sam, Gaz. Yeah. Um, uh, you know what? It was. It was. It was it's interesting to do, you know, we kind of remember we, we shot it and you allow yourself to feel whatever you're going to feel. And we remember getting quite emotional at one point. We all did, we did the same way. And then I said, right, now, now we must do it with nothing. Wow. We must do this with emotion because it's important for the viewer to have the emotion, not see me. You know, one of the best part of, of being an actor or something you learn as you go is the best actors don't show the emotion really. mm. you know it's like it's for you to decide how you feel about this situation mm. uh, you should know how price fe- I mean it's quite apparent how price feels but you don't have to see him well up and bore his eyes out you know it would be kind of weird <laughs> well it wouldn't really make sense for the character let's be perfectly honest would it 
No, not at all. And also, you know, I, I met this when I when I when I worked and met with um, members of the military that before, like you know, they're prepared that this is part of the job every time they walk out. You know, it's not it's not oh well, shock horror. It's like okay, well, we knew this. We knew this day was coming, and this day's coming for me. You'll stand here for me at some point. You know, it's mm. it's it's down the road, and I'll see you down the road. It's Valhalla, man. It's like you know, it's where warriors go. Yeah, yeah. How did you find that scene, the end credit scene with the the shepherd scene, um, shooting that? And what did you tell Glenn after oh, that? Oh, it was great. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was kind of like the same day when when we did a, we did a story, a script um, script read, and, and and Brian kind of talked through the levels and what was coming up, and, and he dropped the information about each scene, and we were all in the room when we found out again, and you know, Glenn. Is a is a is a pro of many years now, and you know yeah. he's died more times than I've been born. <laughs> so you know, he was just like, yeah, yeah, okay, no worries, and he he, he cracks on, you know. Um, but he's brilliant; he's great to work with. Again, I just I just disappointed that I don't get to work with them as much anymore going <laughs> forward. Um, but he but he's brilliant, and and I love the scene. I love the way he was shot. I love the way. Um, uh, Negus um, lit it and shot it, and it just it looks it looks like a fucking movie, and uh, yeah. um, you know it was just a, you know it was a great scene written by Brian, very simple, and I just love the line would have done you any good. I loved it, delivered it well, and yeah. I think it was yeah, important really to have it. that as well for because you come off a bit of a lull, and then you need that kind of satisfactory sort of yeah. You need a win. You need, you need a win. win. You know. What? Yeah. A lot of people were like, I believe that Makarov get away. You know, it's like, do we did we want to kill him like so quickly? Like we want to we want to no. chase him, don't we? Of course. We want to build we want to build that hatred, right? We want to build that want to get him. So don't worry, I'm sure we will. <laughs> have you now have well, since you- since you did COD, have you gone up for any other games? Have you attempted to no? Wow. No, it's I feel like I've done it. I feel like I've completed it. <laughs> now, I mean, who knows, who knows in 10, 10, 15 years or whatever, but along, like doing it alongside what I'm doing now, it's like... Uh, it wouldn't make sense to you? It won't get any... There's nothing bigger. There might be, there might be as big, but there's nothing <laughs> bigger. Um, and... This is like when this is on, then it's very time consuming anyway. So I get in my yeah. downs from doing this game, I like to do other stuff. So, you know, doing TV and film and theater and then this is alongside it. So I like to I know. I'm I'm just selfishly asking for, for myself. <laughs> well, you know, down the line, down the line you'll probably hear me do something in in in, in the future. Um when people aren't thinking of price all the time, but my face has kind of been nicked for a while. So, <laughs> you know, six would probably make a good game. Tell you what, it'd be, it'd be great. Yeah, I wondered if we'd actually put it in the game at some point. But, um, yeah, six would have been great. Well, third season of six would have been great. <laughs> Is that still a no chance? Uh, I, I just I don't think it's a possibility just because of. Who owned the rights to it and all that sort of jargon? Yeah, how expensive it was to make, to be honest. And I, I also think, you know, a lot of shows 
with the new deal that's come in and the way streaming's work and a lot of shows that are being made aren't going to be made the same anyway. I just don't think the money's going to be there. So I've got some Instagram uh, some Instagram pictures and some pictures from your life. And we just need the, the deeper story, Barry, all right? We just need the – we need to get behind the scenes. Have we got a top on? Have we what? Yeah, <laughs> we've got a top on. We've got a top on. <laughs> Uh, the first one here, tell us about this. This is some phenomenal yeah. commitment to the bit. Yeah, this is um, this is Yoza Hughes. This is me in um, Boys in the Black stuff, which I did last year in, in Liverpool, and which uh, was announced two days ago that we're taking we're back. it to the National Theatre in London and, and then hopefully into the West End after that. So, Congratulations. Um, yeah, thank you. It's a it's a it's a piece of work very very close to my heart, and it makes me very emotional. And it's a full scouts cast. Every member of the cast was from Liverpool. It's a story about my hometown, played in my hometown, about my hometown. Um, Is that where the emotion comes from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's my people, and and you just it just breaks my heart. The story of this particular man, you know, I'm all about mental health and this guy has everything taken from him because the system is against him, and he loses his wife and and his children. Oh God. His identity and um, and you have and to play man, that every night. Yeah, and he's you know he's a forty year old man, nineteen eighty two. So it's not like he can ask for help or he can just cry. You know, it's like mm. it just wasn't a structured place. So he just doesn't know what it is to be a man if he can't provide, if he can't get a job and work and and provide for his wife and kids. He, he just doesn't know what it. He doesn't think there's anything else. I might, when when is this show on? Because I might be in town around that time. I really um, want to go and see you, mate. It's uh, April time, April May. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I we highly encourage everyone to get tickets if you can. Now, this is this is pretty sick. Let's be honest. It's your yeah, likeness I mean, too. Like, come yeah, that on. Was a huge highlights of of last year. You know, getting your face on. Fuck, um, man. On the sphere. I mean, it is nuts. You know, it's weird because I, I was there, I did the photo shoot, and I'm just stood in this room in LA, you know, just with all that gear on, having that photo <laughs> taken. And then, and then, like, there you are on the sphere in Las Vegas. You know, it, it, it's bizarre how big this gig is. It's massive. Massive. It's just... Imagine how my head is. Like, I need my head to be any bigger. Are you kind of kicking yourself you weren't, like, in Vegas at the time to to look up and yeah, kind of it see it. Cool. <laughs> it would have been cool to see, but I wouldn't have got that angle. So, you know. <laughs> oh, fantastic! This is the one we were talking about before. Yeah, great. Yeah, that's um, that's part of the studio where we film the game. So, um, we just finished uh, finished breakfast there, and um, I think Graham wants to take a picture, so we just quickly dropped into character, which was hilarious. Um, yeah, oh. Julian's a good guy. So we had, we had a lot of fun. He's um he's a good part of the team. There's the band back in the day. <laughs> Man, that's it's right. It's red. There's a red hue to it. There. There's Rob on the right hand side in the uh, in the red and Nick. Uh, so you're dying. The, you're dying the hair a little I, bit as I, well. I was dying the hair at that point. I had. I just come off the back of having. Flames. So basically, there was there, it was fire. So it was it was orange, it was red, orange, and yellow going up. 
Um, and then I'd just thrown a red over it just before this photo shoot because I thought I was super fucking cool. Um, <laughs> you are. Like, Come on. Yeah, I mean, look, I've got an eyebrow piercing. I've got long hair. Um, it's and seen, no, but all, in all honesty, Barry, it seems like a different person in many respects. Do you feel that when you see that? I, I love that. I love that that guy. You know, he 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 was fearless again. You know, he was just he knew he was going to make it. He just didn't know. He didn't quite know how. Um, so he just threw himself into everything. And yeah, it was a fun time. Fun time. Um, bit hazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hazy, man. Yeah, that's it, mate. That's it. Oh, and I've mugged you a little bit here, but what? I trained, I trained hard for that. That was a party <laughs> at our house um, in Santa Monica in, in, in LA a few uh, few years back. And it was a superhero. Or was it was just maybe a fancy. So we've got my friend Liam there on one side with the beard who was, uh, came as a Wolverine. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then you've got, you can't see Mike's head, but Mike, Mike also came as Wolverine in the yellow suit in the uncool Wolverine. He was the very pissed one. off. Yeah. yeah, he was very pissed off that Liam had come as cool Wolverine. <laughs> Liam come as fucking comic book yellow Wolverine man with his mask on. And then <laughs> on my my right there is um, is Ted, who was one of the writers on a show called Revenge. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. He... Uh, is as he's as odd as he looks, and he um, he came as Han Solo. That's what he's dressed in, and I'm He Man. And I had the worst headache the next day because I just sprayed me hair with the uh, <laughs> yellow yellow spray paint, and um, the fucking metal must have just gone right through the spray oh. into my brain. It was nothing to do with the alcohol, I'm sure. But I'm no, no, of course not. Where's that uh, outfit now? I only get it out for special occasions. <laughs> Anniversary. The wife's birthday, yeah, yeah. I was going to say yeah, the anniversary, yeah. Valentine's yeah, Day. Oh. Yeah, 100%. Hey, with all those shows you've done, you know, Longmire, Revenge, Six, is there anything about these successful shows that kind of, is there a common bond with a successful show? Is it literally just the writer? Is it literally just that simple? I think... I think it comes down to, to the creators, really. The creators being strong enough to stick to their original idea for what it is they want to make. I think sometimes when creators bow to a studio or a network too much and start to water down their product or change it into something that we've seen before, or yes. then should die quicker. But if you, you know... Read you read so many scripts, you like you kind of know when something's going to be good. You know, it's also important to have a really good team around you, good agent, good manager, who who know that the people you're getting involved with have longevity and talent, and and then you 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 kind of go from there. And when you take those initial meetings, you can feel if it's going to be good. And then you know, as Walter Matthau says, you know, to make it in Hollywood, it takes you know talent and about 77 lucky breaks so i think i've probably had about 50 at this point so but do you um, do you consider yourself lucky do you like the word luck because there's I a lot of hard work let's be honest i think i think i've manifested um a lot of both both now consciously and, and unconsciously in the past i think i've manifested a lot of what i've created but um i think 
being in the right place at the right time comes down to luck, being available for something. Somebody, you know, yeah. act, actors don't kid yourself. Somebody's saying no to a certain role and then it coming to you. You know, there's certain things like that down the line. You know, I've turned down things in the past and then I've seen other actors be on the show and everyone love them in it and be like, that's crazy. And they'll never know that you've said no to something before. And I'm sure, you know, tons of the stuff I've done, someone, you know, everything starts with Leo DiCaprio and Tom Hardy and you hear that from there, don't you? You know what I mean? It's like... Hey, it's, <laughs> it's funny you say that because, hold on, where is it? This is what I got sent. Yeah. What's your reaction to that? <laughs> you know, they're two very, very ruggedly handsome. Uh, <laughs> That's not bad, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pleased with that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think just telling my kids to go to school. So it's got to, <laughs> it's, it's got to like I'm off that that hot. Um, just saying, get your bags ready for school, will you? Um, uh, yeah, compliments. I'll take it. That's I'll it. Take it all day. Hey, was this back in COVID times? When was this one taken? Do you remember? It was, no, this was before Modern Warfare 19. So this would have been uh, oh, wow. probably September, October 2019. Yeah. Just before. No, it would have been, yeah, yeah. Just before launch. It was for the box. It was for the uh, first box. Mate, that's a – what does a wife think about that um, facial hair? Not at that stage. At that stage, it's like, can this go away? There's a sweet spot. I couldn't get away with that, Barry. I'm telling you, that was way past the spot. It's like, it's like Lemmy from Motorhead and the bass player from Sport. That's that's where we are. Oh goodness me! Couple more. Hopefully, they make it look great in Photoshop. I know. This is our first when we did our first chat. I mean, we, I think we've gotten better looking since then. What do you reckon? We have got better looking, but we've also been able to go to the barbers. I think we were in lockdown. At that point. I mean, like, there was no fucking barbers open, so I know my hair was doing its own thing at that point. Who was your was bar- just... who was your barber yourself? I just left it for a time. Yeah. Oh, you didn't even and, do anything. Yeah, right. And then, I don't know. I think at some point I had like a little, little cheeky legal cut somewhere. <laughs> I think you can reveal that now. You'll be right. When I got my hair cut, I, I I did the bay. That's what it was. I did the bay. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Get a haircut before anywhere had opened up, and it was like, it was like heaven. You know, I mean, they were walking around in a fucking hazmat suit, but but I was all right. And they were like chopping me hair, and you know, it was. Oh you know, it was, man, I I was yeah. talking to someone the other day where they said they were shooting in Sweden and there was no lockdown at all. So they never really no. experienced it. I thought, wow, no, well, that's crazy. What's <laughs> I mean, it's just the most bizarre of all time, wasn't it? Oh, oh, look at that group of people. This is it, last one. Now, this is this must have been the first from the first game. Wow. It was, yeah. Yeah, it was the first day. Not the first day, but we're, we're definitely one of the first weeks um, when we were all together, yeah. Yeah, there's Taylor um, on the uh, on the far right as you're looking at it. He was our director, um, also the creator of uh, of Crash Bandicoot as well. Very, very, uh, yeah. very, very talented man. He's off doing something secret, isn't he? Hopefully, um, yes. Hopefully, see that soon. Some people that we might know. 
And uh, is there nervous energy on a on a you know in the first few days? Do you feel that at all? Is it is it excitement? It's all it's always like you know first day of school nerves. Um, it's always a bit like that when you start any new job. But there's always like an actor's shorthand that we that we're part of. You know that we get used to straight away. So um, it gets less as as you go through your career. But there's always a there's all, there always should be a little bit of nerves. You know that's how you create stuff. Hey, thanks for taking some time today, Barry. Again, we oh, third time, mate. And you were my sixth ever guest, and now I'm heading on 200. So thank you very yeah, much. Come on. Oh, of course, it's a pleasure. No, I, 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 love, I love having a chat with you, and um, it's great that people can kind of engage with the game this way. Yeah, so thanks to thanks to yourself, and thanks to everyone who, who enjoyed the game, and um, and thanks to, uh, to, to Christopher Guest. By the way, have, did you see the GTA 6 trailer? I did, yeah. I did. Pretty good. Pretty absolute, impressive. It looks amazing. <laughs> amazing. I mean, you know, I'm definitely going to play it. That's for sure. Well, how do you wow. reckon price would go in that world? <laughs> oh, it'd be great. I'd love to see it. I mean, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be made in there at some point, won't we? I mean, yeah, he will. He'll of, be in there one day. Get him yeah. in there, please. I'd, Oh, like give it a year. Give, not even a year. Give it a month. It'll be there. That's what's one poor one chasing an alligator out of somebody's bedroom. I, I'm great. surprised price isn't in like Fortnite or games like that yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, give it time. Give, give it time. time. Give it time. Oh, Any Anything else you want to plug, mate? Um, Well, just by Boys in the Black stuff, anyone's in the UK. Um, Those tickets go on sale for Liverpool, uh, Liverpool leg. Uh, they're on sale now. Um, the National Theatre goes on sale in February, um, and then look out for that. I've got Passenger coming up on ITV. Um, What's that about, by the way? I'm really oh, Passenger um, sounds great. It's it's it's, it's, it's uh, unnatural goings on in a small mining town, yeah. in, uh, and very very weird, creepy, uh, kind of got a Stranger Things. Uh, is it like a thriller so, or it's kind of like a yeah thriller horror comedy yeah it's it's oh, uh, okay. it's too easy. i think they're gonna love it I, I can't wait for it to come out i play a, a very uh an emo man really <laughs> really have you ever played yeah. anyone like that before i've used long hair coming down over the face you're kidding really it's yeah, great yeah. wow that must have been fun shit it was yeah yeah, there's a lot of body in it, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been a pleasure. And um, Streamly? Stuff come yeah, yeah Streamly is always there. People want to purchase stuff. Um, there's a, there's a, a really exciting job coming down the line, which hasn't been released yet. Um, but once once it is, uh, you'll know about it because I do that. <laughs> socials. But thank you very much, and I'll see you soon. Um, before I let you go, mate, um, Price, can he say something to Dan? We always round it out like this. Dan, this has been our hat trick as a man of impeccable taste in hats. It has been a pleasure to share this hat trick with you, sir.